You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. I'm Marquis Laughlin, and today I'm going to share what we can learn from the timing of Jesus' first coming about his second coming. Are there things we can learn about the timing of that based on Jesus' first coming? And are there biblical examples of people who handled this that we can follow to ensure that we don't make the same mistakes so many people did when they were looking for the Messiah to arrive on his first visit. Now remember, even though many were watching for the coming of the Messiah, only three wise men from the East knew the signs well enough to take a month's long journey to visit the newborn king in the exact location predicted in the scriptures hundreds of years before it happened. Uh, They were indeed wise. But how did they know this was going to happen and when and where? And what can we learn from them about the timing of Jesus' second coming? Well, the story of the wise men visiting Jesus after his birth is recorded in Matthew chapter 2. Now, remember, there's no real indication. We understand there's probably three because we know they had gold, they, gold incense, and myrrh. They each had a gift. That's how we discerned um, how many there were. So they each came bringing a specific gift. They knew what the gift was for. They knew what it meant. They really did know their scriptures better than even the Pharisees and the scribes. But here's the account in uh, Matthew chapter 2. It said, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod heard the king, I mean, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is so written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with mother, Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So, who were these three wise men? How did they show up as if right on time Jesus is still a toddler, uh, a baby, basically, uh, shortly after his birth, they show up? Pretty amazing stuff. So what makes a wise man a wise man? Well, actually, what makes a wise man wise 
uh, is a little bit different than what makes a wise man a wise man. A wise man back in the day, in uh, Daniel's day, Jesus's day, ancient uh, Israel's day, uh, was considered to be an advisor to rulers, an advisor to the king. Uh, he would he had a group of them. Uh, some of them sorcerers, magicians, astrologers, diviners. Um, basically, these were his cabinet members that were um, uh, supposed to be smarter than everybody else. You remember Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got put into this category. They became um, some of the king's wise men. Um, so they, they're advisors to politicians, rulers of areas. So generally speaking, they're among the elite. They're more educated than most people, um, and uh, they've got connections. Uh, usually their families have served kings. So these guys had the wealth to be able to make the trip. They had the connections, and most of all, they had the wise, um, they had the wisdom of God. And this is what the difference is between just a, a wise man um, that is an advisor to a king and a wise man who is actually really wise. He has the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God means that what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, uh, Proverbs says. And indeed it is because what makes a wise man wise is his ability to hear God and obey him. It's that combination that makes a wise man wise. Do you hear? Can you hear? Do you have ears to hear? And do you obey? Um, if you may have ears to hear and not obey. Uh, plenty of people listen, um, know that's what the Lord is saying, and still do nothing about it. So you need that combination to really be considered wise. And that's what really made the wise men wise men. They not only had the knowledge and the discernment <clears throat> to look into the scriptures that they had at the time uh, and discern what God was up to. They knew the signs of the times, and I'll, I'll get more into that a little bit later on here, but they also, um, they also had a willingness to be obedient to that knowledge. Uh, they wanted to go visit the king, and they were bringing uh, Jesus. Remember, uh, gold, incense, and myrrh. I mean, three. Um, I mean, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Three different gifts that describe the purpose and life of the Messiah. And they understood that he was going to be a king. Gold, uh, frankincense. They understood he was going to be a priest. Um, and they also understood that he was going to, with the myrrh, he was going to have to give his life um, as a sacrifice uh, for sin. So they really had a depth of understanding that few people at the time had. And they, they had it. They didn't have the New Testament. They had parts of what we would consider the Old Testament, uh, most likely uh, most of the first five books of the Bible or the Torah, and maybe a few uh, Psalms here or there, some Proverbs possibly, but they didn't have access to a ton of information that we have access to now. And yet they were able to go into the scriptures and be able to figure out from the scriptures uh, what the scriptures say to be able to find Jesus. Now, how did they do that? Well, they um, actually were able to read the creation account where God says that I've set uh, the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky to mark seasons, days, and years. Uh, and they understood that meant that God was 
you could look up into the stars and you could see the story of God's creation uh, from beginning to end, the history of mankind written in the stars. This is a profound subject if you've never heard of this. Um, God uh, in Isaiah says, I am God, there is no other, declaring the, the end from the beginning. And God has told us everything he's going to do. As a matter of fact, it says that God does nothing without first telling his servants, the prophets. That's pretty profound. Um, so all of human history is literally written in the stars. So much so, this was common knowledge to David, to uh, to Jesus, to the disciples. They understood the heavens declare the glory of God. They literally tell His story, the story we're living out, and they they mark seasons, times, and years. So they were able to look up into the heavens and um, see God's story. Now, that has been corrupted by astrology, which has taken those signs, those heavenly signs, Pisces, all those signs, and corrupted them into something um, that is more akin to magic to to disrupt that. That's that's the, really the purpose of astrology is introduced to, um, to uh, mislead people uh, away from uh, that basic truth that the heavens are declaring God's handiwork and are telling his story. So uh, remember, everything evil is a copy of something that is good, that God wanted, that God gave us, that he wanted us to use, that glorifies him. So that's how they knew and discerned. Um, and as we're watching, uh, you know, the main, the main um, ingredient in all of this is the scriptures. Of course, the scriptures told them that the heavens are declaring God's handiwork. He told them, the scriptures told them that God declared the end from the beginning. Um, and so they were able to look up and see, oh my goodness, we know we're here in this particular age based on where all of the stars are aligning and um, different things are. We know we're in this phase of God's plan. They could understand the season they were in. And so they were looking for a great star that would indicate a, a king coming. And they could read the scriptures in the Old Testament that showed that that king was going to be, uh, you know, a, 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 a king, uh, but also a, 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 a priest. And he was also going to die. So really, really insightful three wise men. Well, that's kind of the name of the game. We're trying to get you uh, with this podcast, with the conferences we do, everything we do, um, to be as confident in God's word as possible. We're trying to deepen that and uh, constantly amaze you so that as the wind of deceit blows, which Jesus has predicted it will, um, you will, uh, you will not be those who shrink back but you will be those who are able to stand. And we're trying to equip you so that you have the tools and the knowledge to be able to share that with others around you whom you love, whom you do not want them to be deceived or to fall asleep or to finish poorly. So we know things are going to get more difficult. We know the attack on God's word and truth is going to be there. Uh, that's why we are uh, our ministry called Last Days Overcomers, the ministry I have with uh, Nelson Walters and Jake McCandless, who are also on this uh, podcast teaching. Um, that's why we put our heads together and said we need to go out and try to really, really uh, warn and prepare 
the church and enable them to prepare their family and their children and their grandchildren. Uh, we're excited. We're doing conferences this summer. Um, uh, you, By the time you get this, we may have done our, our first conferences in June, June 10th at the Cincinnati Radisson. It's an all-day Saturday conference, and we get into the specifics of what Jesus told us to do, to be pre- prepared to be able to endure uh, the uh the challenging times that are, are right ahead of us. And you'll get more context in this um, conference than in, than in uh, just about any others. We we don't shy away from any challenging questions. We take time to answer everybody's questions. And um, we'll take those answers and we will uh, send them all around the world to bless other believers and to encourage them. We all need each other and we all need to be able to be um, uh, even closer to each other as times get more and more difficult. So, hey, if you would like to attend one of those conferences, you've got Cincinnati. There's one in Springdale, Arkansas, uh, uh, July 29th, Saturday, all day. That's North western arkansas will be out there and then we'll be in minneapolis in august august 26th the mall of america in minneapolis minnesota so we'd love to have you there you can go to lastdaysovercomer.org and look and get tickets or you can just go to TicketBud and uh, type in overcoming the collapse of everything and our conferences should uh, pop up. There, there are conferences designed to help you be able to overcome the collapse of everything because things are dramatically changing. And the predictions that uh, uh, Jesus told us about, that we read in Revelation, that we've, you, we read in Daniel, all of those things are starting to uh, develop and unfold right now. And we want to you to be prepared to be able to be an overcomer. So, hey, let's get back to these three wise men. What can we learn from them? Well, first of all, God's word was their primary source of information. And and, and as I'm sure you know, because you're listening to this broadcast, a lot of prophecy teachers spend a lot, will spend a lot of time on things that really aren't necessarily based on God's word. Uh, they're pure conjecture and um, uh I think you know that's the the foundation is that God's word is true, and um, our guesses are guesses. Uh, God's word is true, and our guesses are guesses. God is not going to be uh, sitting around in heaven after Jesus' return answering questions from people who say, well, I think you should have written Revelation a little more clearly. No, it's not going to be like that. We're going to know that that is the best way he could have ever told us there's no upgrade there's no clearer way he told us exactly what was going to happen and it happened so um even though we don't understand things sometimes when we read them that are prophecies we need to understand this we need to understand that god is going to do it whether we understand it or not and reading our common sense into it um, is often a, a really dangerous because you, you, I can't imagine that. Um, so if I can't imagine it, then it can't be true. We, we tend to, um, think things aren't true if we can't figure out how they're going to happen. And that is a, that's not the way to look at it. Um, the way to look at it is to, I want to, and I always want to encourage people. I always tell people, Hey, people ask me, is that in the Bible? And I never say no. 
because the Bible is bottomless. And I always say, if I haven't found it, I haven't found it yet. But I never say no because there is so much in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, I've come to believe that the scriptures describe every action of every human who ever lived. Um, we are living in part of one of the stories at any given time in our life. God has told us everything that is going to happen beforehand. <clears throat> he designed all of human history at the beginning, every moment of every life. Um, and um, I believe that he put it in scripture. And that's why it's lasted for thousands of years. That's why it's timeless. That's why the proverb is true over and over and over and over again, uh, just a comprehensive way. But the, the basis for their understanding was the scripture, and the basis for their understanding of what is true was the scripture. They didn't um, whip out uh, an old map. They didn't... Uh, <laughs> go down to triple a can you get me a trip nick you know uh, can you design a trip i'm gonna go here no they looked up at god's creation and they got that from the scriptures and they knew how to look at god's creation and read his story in the in the sky which is something a lot of middle eastern people still know how to do uh it is not uh, a completely lost art and you know we're we we underestimate how much god has revealed of what he's doing and of himself in nature sometimes. But we have the same choice the wise men have. I mean, everyone else did. You think how many people were alive when Jesus came the first time and only three wise men actually knew what was going on right away and didn't have to be told by an angel uh, and clued in. But the stakes are higher for us because this time when Jesus comes to bring judgment on the earth for rejecting the truth, I mean, think about it. We have all 66 books of the Bible testifying about Jesus. We have Jesus' own words warning us and preparing us and telling us, you need to be this person in the parable, not that person. Uh, and giving, showing us the bad outcomes of people who do bad things and aren't ready for his return. We are beyond without excuse. We have thousands of years of God fulfilling his word down to the T. And we have that amazing, we are in an amazing part of God's plan where there's tons of predictions about what's going to happen next. I mean, tons, the most. It's like a movie where all the foreshadowing uh, winds up in a couple scenes towards the end, right as the bad guy and the good guy are going at it. You know, so that's what we're, we're in that part of the movie. And so we, we have ultimate, we're ultimately accountable. So that's, that's our prayer for you, that you will, you will uh, step up to that responsibility, tremendous responsibility, tremendous opportunity. Um, and the entire creation account revealing the entire plan of God for mankind. Hey, can't stress enough. Dig into that. That's a great topic to dig into. Most people have never, didn't know that, and have never even gone anywhere near that. So uh, dig, you know, d do some searching and get some good books on that topic. 
um, and you will be amazed and stunned. And it'll strengthen your appreciation for the scripture. But I just love that whole idea. And I know when I discovered it, I was uh, fascinated and excited, and it just blew me away. Um, so I, I, I may the Lord bless your studies as you try to draw closer to him. And until next time, I'm Marquis Laughlin. Keep your lamps lit. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 